Give your loved ones the gift of warmth and happiness with an original Miki Couture blanket. Whether you need a gift for your family, co-workers, or friends, they all need to stay warm and cozy this holiday season. Our incredibly soft blankets are the perfect gift to celebrate the holidays at any budget. Show them how much you care with a blanket from Miki Couture that will be remembered forever. Begin your holiday shopping at softminkyblankets.com or your nearest Miki location. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everyone? I'm back uh, for the second episode of the Average to Savage podcast. Got a special guest today, Anthony Marcello Jr. Anthony, what's up? What's going on, brother? Pleasure to be here. Yeah, so let's just uh, dig right into it and... uh, Tell us a little about yourself and how you got involved in uh, boxing. How I got involved with boxing? Um, funny story. <laughs> Whenever I tell people it happened by accident, they just laugh. Like, what do you mean it happened by accident? But uh, I had a late start in the game. You know, when I, when I talk to uh, people outside of the sport, I'm like, yeah, I started boxing when I was like 15, 16 years old. They're like, wow, you were young. Like, I'm boxing at a young age. Like, you got a lot of experience. I tell them I had like 80 eating amateur fights, and they're like, wow, you know, <laughs> stargazing. I'm like, I'm like, nah, nah, like, when you know the business, you know, you know that's a, a really late start in the game. But uh, what, I, what I mean by it happened by accident was uh, my father just wanted me to learn self-defense. Um, I actually had gotten into a fight uh, sometime in middle school. Nothing, nothing major, but my, my dad just wanted me to know how to defend myself in case I ever needed it. And uh, went to a local gym, and... Uh, I didn't really stick with it at first. It was kind of like a boxing class, and uh, it was kind of corny, you know. And uh, I think after maybe a year went by, and I had went to a local fight, um, one of Peter Manfredo's fights, and I was like, Dad, like, I want to I box again. And uh, we went back to a gym, and it was a little bit more one-on-one work. Uh, they put me in the ring, sparred a little bit here and there, but I, w- I wasn't really consistent. Again, I was just in there uh, just for fun, learn how to fight. And one day I went to the gym, and uh, everybody from the gym was getting ready to go to this local tournament, um, the Silver Mittens. And people laugh when I say that. It wasn't the Silver Gloves, it was Silver Mittens, uh, a local tournament up in Lowell that uh, I ended up winning uh, like two two years, three years in a row. But uh, the first time I went, when they asked me to go, they, they just asked me to watch. They're like, hey, you want to come watch the fight? I was like, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I wanted, I never seen any amateur boxing before in my life, so I was like, kids my age fighting I was, I was interested in seeing what it was like so I went and uh, when I got there I just I was tricked man so I mean I had my accident they, they tricked me <laughs> they signed me up they were like oh you want to fight and it was more like I just my ego you know what I mean I was I, always a competitive kid yeah. and I, I just didn't want to say no to a challenge in a way you know mm-hmm. so I was like yeah yeah sign me up let's do this I didn't bro I didn't have a mouthpiece I didn't have boxer shoes it was just I just went in there, and, and, and I fought on pure balls, and uh, actually I lost my first fight, my, uh, my first amateur fight, and uh, I think that's really what, what uh, sparked everything, because just, just that fueled the fire inside me, I started taking everything real serious, getting all the road work in, training, you know, every day, five, six times a week, and uh, ended up entering the first couple of local, uh, major local tournaments, mm-hmm. you know, Silver Gloves, the Junior Olympics. And, uh, and they just took off from there. Ended up winning uh, the New Englands almost every year. Uh, regionals, going and competing at the national level. And, and here we are. Gotcha. Uh, and did uh, you grow up playing any other sports? 
year I started boxing, I was actually starting football, but uh, I actually I had broken my thumb, which was uh, not involved in any sport. I actually fell at the beach. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a cast on it. I said, oh, what you doing in boxing, baseball, basketball? And, no, nah, no, nah, I just fell at the beach, <laughs> um, which I actually have a screw on my thumb to this day, mm-hmm. um, which had to be put in there. The doctor said that the way it was broken, that if I was going to you know, continue to box, you know, if it was, if it was something I was serious about, that I should get the surgery because, uh, it, it would probably keep breaking, um, in boxing, you know, the way, the way I'm using my hand. So, uh, so we had the screw put in and that kind of, that, at that point in my life was when I was like, decided that this was going to be a long-term thing. And that's when I put down the rest of the sports, you know, I, I, I was a freshman in high school and I, I loved basketball. I wanted to play in the, I wanted to join the high school team. And I remember going to tryouts and talking to the coach. And I was like, hey, you know, what time's practice every day? And they go, oh, every day, 5 o'clock. I'm like, ah, like that's gym time, you know? So I kind of faced it. You know, I'm not I'm not, I'm not, going to the NBA by any means. I'm 5'9". Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, my, my, my three-point shot and all that. So I was like, all right. You know, I put everything out the side and, and it went full force in boxing. So what about, like, what did your classmates say that you were boxing, like, and they're playing, like, sports in high school? Was that, like, weird? Did they, like, what did they think about that? Yeah, I mean, you got you got both both sides of the spectrum. You know, you got the guys who who uh, think it's real cool, you know, because not, it's not like a typical sport, you know. Not everybody's a boxer. Uh, people might take classes and things like that, like, like we talked about. But for me to actually compete, you know, you definitely stand out. Um, as an athlete and as a person, because it's just it's just a unique sport. But uh, then you got the other guys who uh, who uh, kind of look at you like, oh, he thinks he's a tough guy because he boxes, which was never the case. With or without boxing, yeah. I wasn't soft spoken, especially at a young age. You know, until I grew up and matured. You know, I, I threw my weight around, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it had, a, it had it had it pros and cons because you know again, people test you. It could. Uh, it can make you look good, and it can make you look bad, you know. So, especially at a young age, because again, you know, like the people want people want to test you, or just people want to uh, support you and uh, you know, congratulate me on my achievements at the time. But that comes with the territory in this sport, you know that. And even even now, as an adult and the pro leagues, you still get the same thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what about what made you decide to go pro in 2016? So actually, another another accident. <laughs> um, not having you know much of an amateur background, you know, again having a late start in the sport. I started when I I started competing at 15, 16 years old. You know, seriously competing. And uh, I remember going to nationals. I had I had around like less than twenty fights. You know, I'm fighting guys with a hundred plus fights. And but I'm but I'm competing with these guys, and that was kind of the hype about me at first. You know, one, you know, I'm the minority in the sport. You know, being a white boy in the sport. Mm-hmm. Dominated by you know African Americans and, and, and Mexicans, mm-hmm. who they're tough, talented, you know they they dominate the sport. They dominate the sport, you know. And uh, I, I was a minority in that. And, and even outside of that, just going going to the national level. And uh, again, being my I remember my first time uh, at the national scene. I think it was uh, it was in Kentucky. I want to say something like I think it was something like Kentucky, but. Oh, for sure. I remember, I remember being there, and, and everybody knew each other. Yeah, I remember, I remember right. fighters, everybody right. shaking each other's hands. What's going on? Oh, you, you, you know, I remember your last fight over in Michigan. You know, good fight, blah blah blah. They robbed you. They this, they that. 
you know, oh, you, you go into this tournament next month. You know, these guys, they all knew each other, you know, and, and mm-hmm. obviously I ended up learning the, the business later on that, you know, I mean, these, these, these kids grew up with each other. You know, they've been competing. You can compete. You can uh, start competing at, at eight years old in the, in the amateur competition. Mm-hmm. So you got guys who, you know, they've known each other that long. And uh, for me, I was like a deer in the headlights my first time competing at Nationals. You know, I remember I got a buy. I got a buy, and I uh, got to watch my competition. And I was, I was real confident. I was like, you know, I could beat this guy. I could beat this guy. I don't, I don't remember his name. <laughs> but I remember watching him fight, you know, and then when I when it was my turn to compete, they, uh, they described me as a deer in the headlights. And I, just, I did nothing. You know, I was like, it was like, you know, who, who is that? Who is that in there? I just kind of froze up. But it was a good experience. And I think that's what, what helped me propel in the, in the sport so fast is I got a lot of experience in a small amount of time. You know, me and my father, we traveled every tournament that we could afford to get to. Um, we fought, you know, every local show that we could in the beginning, mm-hmm. and that's why I was able to almost rack up a hundred fights in the short span of time that I did in the amateurs. But going pro, I was in no rush. Um, so you said, what was it 2016? I went pro. Yep. Um, I went pro on a on the Debella show. It was supposed to be, and this is why it was an accident. It was supposed to be the Keith Thurman Sean Porter fight, the first one before Thurman got into a car accident. Yep. And I. Uh, I remember going to New York and I met Luda Bella and, uh, you know, both of us obviously hit it off immediately being Italian. And uh, he was like, hey, he's like, if this kid can fight as good as he looks, he was like, we're in business. So he put me on that card. But then when uh, Thurman got in the accident, they moved the date. Well, actually, let me backtrack a little bit. That's, that's why I was turning pro. It was like it was like a short short notice. Uh, I think I had maybe three weeks to prepare. I was always in shape when we was in the gym. There's no off-season in Boston. I had originally intended on you know, buying my time, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna train for the year, travel, go get different, get different looks all over the country. You know, we could talk about that maybe with me traveling out to Vegas. Um, we can get to that because I had already been out there at this point. Yeah. But uh, I, I had intended on bouncing around and just getting the experience and getting in there with different guys, as I had done in the amateurs. But you know, with pros, and it would have been sparring, but it still would have been a good look and uh, to get in there and experience it. So that was my plan. They wanted to put me in that card. I was like, in my pro debut on a, on a world title, you know, undercard. I'm like, I'm like, absolutely, let's do it. It was a Showtime card, I believe. That's why I agreed to it. Signed up, signed the contract, and um, keep them got an accident. They ended up moving the date a little bit, but it ended up being um, a Gary Russell card. I can't remember who he fought, but still a big card. Um, I believe that was still on Showtime. Yeah. And my fight was actually my debut was uh, was aired on uh, Sky Sports. Yeah. So it was a good debut. Um, I was happy with my uh, my performance, and uh, and yeah, that's kind of why why I turned pro in 2016. If I, if I didn't, I'm not really sure what the if I would have followed the plan to a T. As I said, I wanted to bide my time, gain, gain, get some exposure all over the country, and, and get to work with different faces. You but, before uh, you turned pro, but you didn't move yeah, out. You didn't move um, out there until after. I was uh, I was still an amateur. I was actually training for a field one national tournament at the time. But uh, it was when, when Floyd was training for the Pacquiao fight was the first time I had been to, to Floyd's gym. I had a friend of mine out here called Big Bro. Uh, we, we were sitting down having lunch one day, and I was saying how I need to I need to get out of here. I was like, not that I need to get out of here, you know. I, I get great work here. But I was like, I need different looks, you know. Yeah. I don't think it's any secret that the boxing scene isn't as active as it, as it is, uh, you know, elsewhere. Yeah. Not, not, not the talent. We, we, got, we got a lot of talent. But just the boxing scene, I just feel like boxing isn't as live as it is, you know, in per se, Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I, just, I want to get out of here. I want to get different looks. 
You know, I'm a big big believer in you become, you know, you become the average of people you surround yourself with in a sense, right? So I was like, all right, well, if I want to be great, I want to surround myself around the greats. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I talked to him. I was like, yeah, I want to get to Vegas because I think that's a great idea. So he actually, he booked my flight. My father had a friend out in Las Vegas who uh, let me stay in a spare room of his. And I went I went with a buddy of mine. Uh, my buddy, my, his name's Scotty. He's actually still out there. He he came out there with me within two days. He's like, dude, I don't want to leave. And uh, he got a job in space. Still, you know, that's that's when I went out there and uh, I just walked in into the middle of the boxing club. I didn't didn't know anybody. Um, my coach at the time, Jose Santos from Rhode Island, four one boxing in Cranston. He uh, he was close with uh, Eddie Mustafa, mm-hmm. who, uh, who trained you know uh, trained or trained at one point at least. Um, trained a lot of fighters in the middle of the gym. And uh, he linked me up with him, so I went in there just you know, asking for Eddie. And uh, you know, Eddie introduced me to people, you know, and I uh, just started training. That was it. I, I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't know kind of what to expect. Went in there, and I was, I remember asking for work. I was like, yeah, like I need some sparring, I need some sparring. And I don't think that they uh, kind of knew what I was capable of at the time. Yeah. They thought, you know, some white boy walks in the gym. They're like, yeah. you know, I, I probably look like, not even like an amateur. They probably think I'm some kid looking for boxing classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, no, nah, I, need, I need some work. I need some work. And they were like, oh, you know, no, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. You know, we need to work on some things. I'm like, work on some things. I'm yeah. like, I'm training for a national tournament. Like, I need to work. And they're like, oh. They put me in there with someone. I, I don't know what, what his name was. I remember the first time I sparred in there, everybody came out, kind of like you see on TV, banging the ring, you know. And uh, they were like, damn, like, white boy can fight. Like, okay, yeah. okay. So I, I earned my stripes. You know, ran out the box, and that's just kind of what happened. I was there for three weeks the first time, and I remember going home, telling my father about the experience and you know the amount of work I was getting, <clears throat> and the type of training and quality of training I was getting. Again, I think my, my father, so I've always been a Floyd Mayweather fan. Um, mm-hmm. I think my father thought I was just stargazing. You know, what I mean, kind of just wanted to be over in the limelight, be around, be close to Floyd type of type of deal. And I'm like, nah, like that. Like I know, like I need the work I'm getting out there. And because uh, for a while, he didn't really support me being out there alone. I was only maybe, what, 18, 19 years old? What was it, 2016? Yeah, that's what I was about to So he was, I think he was a little worried about, you know, his young son being being in Sin City, but also worried about, you know, my, my well-being in the gym, making sure someone was looking over me and whatnot. And uh, that's when I ended up getting close with my coach now, Chris. Chris Ben, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. You can type it up later. You got to see that. Yes. Uh, nobody can get that. <laughs> get that. Get that accurate. You know, he took me under his wing, you know, and uh, he trains, uh, you know, Jalen Young Love and, you know, again, a handful of fighters over at, at Floyd Gym as well. And we started again. You know, I started doing track track work with them, strength conditioning with them. As I, you know, sent a clip back with my father. But actually, I ended up going out there probably two, three, maybe four times over the course of the year for a week, two weeks at a time. Just, you know, whatever money was in my pocket. You know, my dad my dad didn't support it, so I, I went on my own dime. Mm-hmm. Whatever money I had saved up from whatever I was doing on the side, and I kept telling him, like, nah, I need to be there. And, and my dad just wasn't, he wasn't buying it. He wasn't buying it. I'm like, dad, if you came out there with me and saw for yourself, you don't understand, like, this is where I need to be. After I made my pro debut, went through the mud a little bit uh, on the business side of boxing. I was... October, I want to say, October, November of 2016, where I had gone back to Vegas. I was staying with Floyd's bodyguard, Greg LaRosa. Another, you know, I hit it off with him. Actually, Paulie D introduced me to Greg um, when I went out the first time for the Pacquiao camp. I don't know how they knew each other. A bunch of Italians, you know, how we roll. We just, you know, the who's who's. 
gym. Me and Greg always stay in touch. Greg's always looked out for me. He's probably been my biggest support out in, in Las Vegas. And uh, he told me, hey, if you're ever out here and you need somewhere to stay, they got a spare room, you're more than welcome to just stay for a week or so, you know, however long you need. So I, I remember hitting him up, and I'm like, yo, like, I might come out there this weekend. I was like, I'm going to come out on Sunday. He's like, nah, come out on Friday. I was like, why? He's like, boys got some fights. He's like, you should come check them out. He's like, you can come chill with us. You know, we're probably going to go out after. And I was like, I was, that's all I need there. I was like, wait, 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 I can go out with you in Floyd? Like, okay. I can hang out in Floyd? And I was like, this, this is me still being, you know, the biggest Floyd fan in the world, a young kid. Yeah. And I was like, I'm in there. You know what I mean? The ticket was like an extra 200 bucks, but I was like, I don't care. And booked that flight. This was on a, a Thursday night. Yeah. I left. I booked a flight, and I was back. I was on a plane within like four or five hours. Greg picked me up at the airport. I mean, I had met Floyd a few times. So I remember we went right from the airport to the Cosmopolitan where the fights were at. He, you know, he's, he, he's on, he's on, he's on the job. So you know, Floyd pulls up, and you know, they're escorting Floyd inside. But when Floyd was getting out of the car, you know, he recognized me. Obviously from the gym, but also he actually did a gig in Providence one time where you know we we, we, we were chatting a little bit. We took a picture, and uh, he was like, "You're a fighter, right?" Uh, and Greg kind of told him a little bit about me. So I was kind of on his radar from there, and Wood actually helped me out. He um he took care of me a little bit, put me up for a while while I was training for my second pro fight, and I put a couple of dollars in my pocket. You know, he told me, you know, he's like, "This is he know he knows the game. He's he's been through it. You know, he takes care of his fighters. He wants to make sure that they're comfortable, make sure that they can focus on the task in front of them. Sometimes, you know, money, uh, even a place to stay or, or transportation." Is a uh, is a big burden on 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 us fighters if, uh, if we're not in a comfortable situation because a lot of us aren't. Yeah. So Floyd made sure I was comfortable. So it was uh, it was just quite a rollercoaster ride, and, and it was actually you know I remember my father who again wasn't wasn't sure about me being out there. I remember remember giving him that phone call like hey like Floyd did this Floyd did that for me. He's like wait he's like what Floyd Floyd like he's like wait you want Floyd? <laughs> I remember I, I flew my dad out the following weekend and we had dinner with Floyd. And uh, he just told my father, he said, listen, he said, don't worry, the champ's going to be all right. So we're going to make sure he's comfortable. That's it. That's kind of what, what uh, embedded me into Las Vegas and basically made me a resident. I haven't, haven't got my license yet, but not for two years. I need to. I got pulled over once and they're like, oh, you've been here for how long? Like, I guess I'm supposed to get my residency over there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a Las Vegas story for you. Yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot more that goes into it, but that's, that's the surface. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who are some... Uh... Like the top guys you sparred with there at the Mayweather gym. So actually, funny story of that is that the top guy almost was Floyd. Uh, I was actually <laughs> supposed to spar with Floyd one day, which I was heartbroken that it didn't happen. I was I was amped up. I, I another time where I kind of just got back back into the gym. You know, I remember Floyd was there. He wasn't training for nothing. He just for some reason jumped in the ring, and um, he sparred with Thomas Delorme. But he looked at me. He was like, he looked at me. He was like, hey, you got your gear? And this is, oh, actually, I'm sorry, wrong story. I didn't just get back in the camp. I was, it was my last week of a training camp around that same time after he put me up. He, he told me, he got your gear? And I was like, yeah, I got my gear. But I had just gotten blood work that day because I was leaving in like two, three days for my fight back home. It was my second, my second pro fight. Mm-hmm. I had, it was my last day of sparring. I had already sparred that day. But I, I didn't care. I told coach, I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, what asked me well, I'm sparring. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting in there. I'm not, I'm not passing up this opportunity to get in with one of the greatest ever. I ran out to the car, literally threw my gear on. I jumped in the ring like, let's do this, you know. And, and close it. Oh, he's like, what? I was like, you're going second. You're going second. He's like, well, I'm sparring with him first. So he went, I want to say three or four rounds. But he kept getting hit with low blows by, by Delorme. And then I, he hit him with this, like, this, another big low blow. And Floyd was, like, kind of just rolled out the ring like, 
I'm good. Like, too many low blows. Like, I don't, you know, you're not even a camp. You didn't need to be in there. You kind of just want to, I think, I don't know what was going on with Delorme at the time, but he wanted to see what he was all about. And I probably the same reason why he asked me to spar. I wanted to see what I was about. Yeah. So I was heartbroken, man. I was heartbroken that day. But, uh, <laughs> but Floyd, that, 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 that's the, the almost sparring Floyd story. Um, but as far as big names go, the first time when I was in Vegas uh, for the Pacquiao camp, I uh, sparred with um, Francis Bartholomew. I've been in the ring with Javante Davis. Um, you know, all of Floyd's guys, uh, like Darius Miller, real good Southpaw. He actually he beat uh, Jamal Herring. Um, yep. that, that was a great fight. I, I've seen that one live. Yeah, it was in Vegas, well, right? Uh, yeah, yep, yep, that was in Vegas. That was in Vegas. Devin Haney, um, Ashley Theopane. There's, there's, there's many more names, man. Yeah, I yeah, sparred sure. some, some big names out there. I mean, you name it. I mean, every, pretty much everybody in Floyd's stable around my weight class has been in the ring with. Yeah. But there's, there's oh, Ryan Garcia. I was going to say his name's outside of the gym. That was Ryan Garcia. Obviously, Golden Boys, one of, one of their biggest prospects right now. Oh, so uh, how is that? He came in. I'd say well, I don't remember too much of it because <laughs> I was, and no excuse if I was sick as a dog yeah. that week. I, I don't know. I, th- I think I had food poisoning. I know I had the flu, but I think it was food poisoning. Some sushi or something that I ate over on the strip. And I was like, I was throwing up that week, but it was my last week of camp. It was another, I've had, I don't think I've ever had a good training camp, I'll be honest with you. Like, as a, I was talking to somebody recently, and I'm like, people don't see what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, you, you see you see the stuff we post and what's on the surface, but they don't realize, you know, how many times fighters, like, you know, we go into the ring with a, you know, a broken, broken hand or, you know, we were sick or whatever, you know, but. But uh, yeah, where Ryan, I didn't know, I didn't know who Ryan was. It was. That was a funny story. I didn't know who Ryan was, and I remember going to the gym. Coach knew what I was thinking. Like, yeah, we got this. They got that kid from. He's from California. And they're like, he just found a golden boy. I remember getting to the gym and I see him. He, he looked like a little kid. Cause I mean, he is. Yeah. He's this one, eighteen. Yeah. And this was probably you know, almost two years ago now. So he's maybe. But yeah, he was young. He was a young kid. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, I'll spot this little boy. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was, I was fifty percent of the man. Got in there, I'm like, yeah, well, motherfucker's fast, man. Yeah. <laughs> that, and he's strong. And I, I tell, I tell everybody, I'm like, I'm like, I don't, you know, people look at him like he's just a little kid, and you know, they can see it for themselves now. Obviously, based on his fight, you know, he's, right. uh, almost all his fights are knockouts. You know, boy got pop. Boy mm. can pop. He, he can fight. He can fight. He can hit. I just remember, you know, like I said, it was. I'm a real defensive fighter, so I didn't really have much of my tank that day. So I was just kind of doing my defensive thing, you know, pop shotting. Just surviving, basically, you know, hmm. trying to get through the last week of camp. You know, I had to get the work in. I wasn't going to not spar the last uh, two and a half weeks before my fight, so I got it in there. Which, funny story, though, is um, you've probably seen some of the some of the beef online. The other person I sparred with that week was uh, was Roldy, one of Floyd's fighters. And they have, like, this ongoing beef on social media from one of their sparring sessions. I sparred him that same week, so... It's funny. I can, people ask me like my my uh, my opinion on them all the time, and uh, I like both. I'm cool with both of them. I, I'm I'm closer with Roly because he's in Vegas and we we work together all the time. But uh, I know people who who do business with Ryan, and uh, and I definitely I definitely support Ryan's uh, you know what he's got going on. I understand the business and what he's got going on behind the scenes, and uh, I definitely commend him on all of his uh, accomplishments. Yeah, so. Yeah, let's move on to your most recent fight, which was May 11th. Yeah, you, you had a tough fight. You won by split decision. Versus... What a hell of a fight! Definitely a tough fight. Probably my 
my toughest fight to date for me. Yeah. And that's, you know, taking into consideration my fourth fight where I actually got dropped in like the fourth or fifth round. Which, again, I mean, my opinion, flash knockdown, it didn't affect me in the least. Um, yeah. Placement and uh, dropped the hand, you know. But, but yeah, no, this, that, this fight, and again, you know, I, I haven't spoken on it too much simply because, like, it just sounds like excuses. But me knowing what kind of went on during camp, a lot of personal issues and health issues, you know, coming off of pneumonia. I had the worst camp of my life going into this fight. Um, and I knew, th- I knew this dude was tough. That's, this, 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 I say this not, you know, not, not to take anything away from, from my opponent because I knew he was tough. You know, at this level of my career, you know, we're not fighting, you know, we're not, we're not fighting, we're not, we're not looking to fight prospects or world champions. You know I mean? That's why, you know, you don't, you don't see, you're not going to see a guy with under 10 fights calling out, you know, the Floyd Mayweather of the world, per se, the Terrence Crawford, the, you know, the who's who's, or even the guys who, you know, the Devin Haney's or, or the Ryan Garcia's, unless you're Roley, actually, Roley's been calling him out on a daily basis, but <laughs> I actually wanted to fight a guy who was 9-1 or 10-1, they turned the fight down, I wanted that fight because, I mean, me as a, you know, guy fighting a 10-0, a 10-1 guy, whatever he was, would have looked real good on mm-hmm. paper, you know what I mean, that's, and that's how this business works, a lot of people don't understand the business. I'm sure you do, but uh, yeah. the people listening, I wanted to fight this guy. He said no, but then one of the uh, matchmaker called me and said, "This guy said that he will fight you." Um, and it was it was the guy who beat the ten and one guy. They actually fought twice. He lost him the first time, beat him the second time, and uh, it was Rolando, the guy that I fought. He beat him the second time, so he was uh, in fact he was eight and seven going into this fight. I checked him out. Oh like, yeah, no, absolutely. I'll, I'll take that fight. Um, and I'll be honest, I thought this was going to be my best performance yet, because um, personally, Rolando it was tailor made for me. You know, come forward guy. You know, and again, I don't, I don't, I don't say this to to, uh, to install anybody because he's a tough, tough fighter. And you know, look, look what he did against me. You know, regardless of my condition um, in our last fight. But to keep it straightforward, like you know, no special effects. A come forward guy. And, and that's you know he, that's my wheelhouse right there. You know I get I get I'm a counter puncher, I'm a boxer. And again for the guys who know boxing or know me, and if you look at that fight, like who the hell was in there, man? I didn't box at all. I couldn't get out of my own way. You know I never get hit. That's like that's my forte is is my defense. You know I'm just I'm, I'm real elusive. Yeah. And uh, I was I was just I was there all night. I had nothing in my legs, but I made it a dog fight. I congratulate my opponent. I know uh, there some people were were upset about the decision I wasn't um, I wasn't surprised that I won not because it was a hometown decision or a hometown fight that, that's a lot of people need to understand is I'm not I'm not yeah, I'm a hometown fighter but I'm not a CES fighter I'm not signed to CES yeah. you know they have no reason to protect me other than I mean if anything it, it would have made more sense for them to go the other way because now the next fight would sell out because obviously I'm going to want the rematch if I, if I take a if I take a loss yeah. So if, for people, yeah, for, for, the, for, the, for the critics who are like, oh, you know, no, they should protect their fighter. I mean, if they're not protect, I'm not their fighter. You know, I can walk away tomorrow. I can go fight for somebody else tomorrow. They have every reason to want to keep me there and to want to sell more tickets by giving me an L. And now my ego is going to say, all right, well, give me the rematch. And I don't care if you don't like me or you do like me, you're going to come to that next fight because you want, you want to see the rematch, right? Yeah. Now, unfortunately, you know, it's just not that, we're not that at that caliber yet where, you know, and I heard that the kid wanted a rematch, and, uh, you know, this isn't PBC, Showtime, pay-per-view, you know. I'm not getting paid any more money to f- give him a rematch or fight him. So it's like, for what? what, what, what I got nothing to prove. I got the W. 
Yeah. You know, you gotta kind of, you gotta earn that stuff. You know, this is a, people are gonna understand. This is a business, man, and I'm in this to make money. And some people frown upon that. But yeah. listen, if you're in this sport, taking the punishment, listen, I, I, I split my eye open. Yeah. Split my eye open. It was a headbutt. Don't get me wrong. But you know, the punishment you're taking in this sport, man. If you're not getting paid properly for it, you're a fool. You're a fool. You know, I'm not, I'm not going in there, put my body through what I put it through in training camp and in those fights and in sparring to not get paid. You know, this yeah. is all I do. Uh, I, I, am working on some things on the back end, you know, to, to, you know, pay my bills and, and take care of myself and, and my future family, or even just my father now, because that's my biggest motivation. Yeah. And we can talk about that after. But, but I'm in this to make money, man. And if it don't make sense, if it don't I make dollars, don't make sense. If it don't make money, it don't make sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I don't think people realize sometimes boxers have to like live regular lives too like everyday life not just, like everyone just sees the match of that night you know and it's i don't think they i don't think they get yeah so they don't get it like stuff like that that's, so that's one thing i think i take my hat up to a couple people like rolling estrada uh local local coach um his, his son jason big six estrada was an olympian he says to me all the time he's like i really take my hat off to you just taking off on your own going across the country you know what it takes really to be out there by myself but people are really boxing it's more of a mental game than a, than a physical, and it does it does take a lot, and that's why I talk about, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to get into the details, but you know, my, with my last fight, with what I was going through physically, mentally, you know, on top of the, you know, with, with again some of the situations that were going on in my life, on top of the fact that I'm already by myself on the other side of the country, kind of putting myself, you know, I, I got to do everything on my own. I don't got nobody to turn to, you know, I don't got family to talk to, yeah. to you know, help me, you know, drive me to the gym. You know, make sure that I'm fed properly. I'm doing, I'm doing everything on my own. I'm, you know, I make it look good uh, yeah. on, 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 you know, social media, but I'm doing this all on my own. You know, this is all money out of my pocket. This isn't daddy's money. Yeah. You know, people think, you know, I don't know. I know a lot of people think, you know, white, white, what Italian kid, this and that. Like, like I don't got my dad. He's on his hands and knees. He does tile, tile floors, better kind of tops. You know, and this after my fights, I guarantee you, I got more money in my bank account than him. You know, I'm doing this for us. You know, I lost my mother when I was when I was seven years old to cancer. A lot of people don't know this stuff because I don't talk about it. Yeah. And uh, it's just me and him, and me and him against the world. You know, that's why it, when you see Team Marcella, most of the time it's it's just pictures of me and him, yeah. or you know, the only guy I really have. You know, we don't even have paperwork, but the only guy on my team is my is my attorney, and that's to make sure that the contracts are are are, are right because yeah. I'm not I'm no I'm no lawyer. You know, I don't. I don't, it's a whole different language when you're reading that paperwork. So right. I gotta, I keep a small circle, but I got a, I got a big plan, and so far it's, it's, it's going smoothly. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, maybe you should just vlog the whole training camp one day. I, and, get that. and that's again that's coming soon. Part of the plan, but <laughs> again, is that everything costs money, yeah, my yeah, man. Yeah, you know sure. that it, yeah, it's yeah, tough. Yeah. It's tough trying to get it done. You know, I have a lot of ideas that if, uh, if my situation was a little different. Um, I think people would be blown away. Um, but yeah, just like behind the scenes stuff. Like I don't think people realize yeah. like you guys have to watch like everything you eat and stuff, like that. Oh man, yeah, it's crazy. We're gonna be starting a diet. It's the most miserable part of the part <laughs> camp, and and I've tried to do some things, but it's kind of you know low level stuff. And I don't wanna I don't wanna put out low quality material. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I pride sure. myself on being the Rolls Royce. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't wanna start posting to the cameras. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so obviously. Another thing you do well is just marketing yourself, posting good content. Well, that's it. I definitely think that uh, that's the difference 
a lot of people is is, is uh yeah like you you and another man I know I got a good head on my shoulders man I do my research I uh mm. you know I, I I read books but like that I read books even to this day mm. you know I, I I make sure that I I am have a good understanding on whatever it is that I'm involved in I don't just jump the gun I do my due diligence um I make sure I'm educated on whatever it is that I'm getting involved in yeah. I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to rely on anybody. And yeah. I don't trust anybody. For sure. So that's why it's like I can if I can if I can do it myself, why am I gonna pay someone to do it for? Yeah, for sure. But uh, exactly. you know, as far as the video stuff goes, unfortunately uh, I can't hold the camera and punch a bag, so Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what about what is the future for your well, your short term future for like what's what do you think when's your next fight gonna be? Are you trying to fight um, anyone specific? Like you were just telling me. Yeah, and no, I don't even remember his name, but he's about the ten and one guy, and I, he's he's. I, they basically told me that he's retired. They're like, no, he doesn't want to fight. They, they, he said he was retired. And I'm like, oh, okay. retired, but I don't know, whatever, <laughs> whatever. You know, <laughs> at this level, you know, maybe he was just an opponent level guy and just having a lousy competition. I don't know. I don't know his story. Um, but at this point in time, um, specifically, I have nothing on the table. I have a lot of conversations that are being had with, with all sorts of different types of people. Um, I know Jimmy, CS Boxing, their next show um, is, I want to hit June 2nd at Foxwoods. Good. And then their next show at Twin River, I want to believe, is sometime around August, which I think I'd be capable because I actually have a uh, mandatory 60-day suspension because of the cut above my eye. Yeah. Nothing's been talked about yet. I have, I have no date but I'm also in no rush. Um, there's some things that I'm working on in camp and, and strength training that, you know, I'm, not, I'm in no rush to jump into the next fight. Yeah. I, uh, uh, as far as opponents, it's going to be my 10th fight. So 10 to 0, it's kind of a, kind of a monumental mark for a lot of fighters. You know, yeah. there's some things on TV and, and, you know, potential sanction bodies. You start getting ranked, which is a lot of the conversations that we're having right now, which is why we're in no rush. So, so the next fight, I think it's going to be a crucial one for me as far as where where it places me on the boxing scene, and uh, that's why we're in no rush. And it, maybe it's not, you know, but but we're getting the conversation started. Maybe the next fight is just another fight. Yeah. Um, either way, you know, I, I plan on putting on a show as I, as I always do. That's one thing I definitely I, I laugh because you know first couple of fights, you know, a couple of first round knockouts and things like that. You know, people complain. You know, they, yeah. a knockout and they complain. Yeah. If you don't knock them out, they complain. You yeah. give it, you box, you box the brakes off a guy, and and they're like, ah, he ran, he ran. I want to see a fight. I want to see. They want to see a you know a Hagler Hearns you know, or a Rudder Duran style fight. Yeah. All right. So my last fight, I give you a fight. That was a dog fight. That, yeah. You can't say you weren't entertained in that fight. What's that? You said your last four fights, you got everything. You got a TKO, a knockout, unanimous decision, you know decision. I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So. so I think I'm doing my job, you know, as far as an entertainer. If I'm trying to entertain you guys, you know, I had, a, I had that cut over my eye. Yeah. And uh, it was a dog fight. I ended up dropping him in the fifth round with a, with a solid left hook, which I honestly can't believe he got up. Take my hat off to him for getting up. I was so mad that he got up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. You know, you, you, in this sport, being such an opinionated sport and, you know, yeah. you can have biased fans and this and that. Yeah, man, it's like they're never happy. And that's what I learned. It's like you gotta, you kind of have to you know, block that stuff out. You can't let that get to you. But, yeah. you know, the fans are never happy. It don't matter if you knock them out. If you don't knock them out, if you, if you give them a dog fight, if you give them a, a, a boxing lesson, yeah. it's always something. They're always going to have something to say. Always, always, always. And, 
kind of feels me though. I kind of like, hey, get to a point where now I'm just I'm enjoying it. It's more comical some of the things that that I read, but I have I, I gotta really the people who support me. I mean, I got nothing but love. It really is. It's quite the feeling to see the kind of kind of love that I didn't even know I had. Yeah. You know, the words that people, you know, things that I, I see people saying about me. So it's a great feeling, man. It's a great feeling to have that kind of support, um, especially back home. But not even just back home, all over the country now. Yeah. Even all over the world, I have people in other countries that, that reach out to me on a regular basis. Yeah, in Uganda, right? Definitely. You seen that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. my guys, they stay in touch with me real, real, real quick. You know I mean, they took a picture with a bunch of their fighters, you know, holding up a sign. So, I mean, it's cool, man. It, it, it really is cool. But uh, also, even just, you know, being in the limelight definitely makes you aware of, you know, the who's who's that are around you. You know, you see people, the, the closet the closet friends or the closet fans who, who when something bad comes out, you see the you see the true side, you know, the true side of them. It's crazy, you know. Actually, this is, I had people in that last fight when people were telling me, Again, and, and nothing against my opponent, man. I take my hat off to him. You know, we didn't talk too much. You know, we came, we came to the fight. Came that he had, he had a job to do. I get that. You know, I get that stuff. As far as the fans, the local fans, it's like, man, you got this kid from I don't know where he's from outside of the country. You don't know him, and his people in the crowd, you know, yeah. yelling, you know, yelling his name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they want him to win. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. How are we in my own town? And I got haters like that. Yeah. I mean that 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 blew my mind, you know. That blew my mind, and I'm like, really, I got that much. I'm not saying I got more. Maybe I got, but I said, wow, people from my own hometown really want to see me lose. Like, that that's inc- that's incredible to me. That really is incredible to me. But but it's motivating at the same time. No, yeah, you know, yeah. It's motivating that's what I say. No, no, I think that's a good thing on the the low. I guess. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I ain't worried about it at all. You know, maybe what it made. And a lot of money off of the people that wanted to see him lose, though. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, oh, do you want to fight in Vegas? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I know I'll end up there um, yeah. one way or another. It's, again, I, I understand business and marketing, and uh, yeah. um, this is where I'm from. It only makes sense to, uh, right. to build my brand here and build off of it here since I already had a following. It's, it's, it's like a, a whole other thing. You know, again, you got these people, bro, who... Uh, he's just a local fighter. Like, what do you mean, I'm just a local fighter? I, you, you think I don't have the opportunity to fight anywhere else in Twin River? Yeah. I choose to fight here. Yeah. I have a great thing going with Jimmy. Yeah. We do a lot of good business together. But I, I've been offered things elsewhere. Yeah. I, I choose to fight here. Why? Because, one, I make more money here. Yeah. Two, it only makes sense to build off my following here. If I go and fight in someone else's backyard, one, again, you got the chance. Or if you're fighting a local guy, tougher decisions making less money I'm not selling tickets there and let's see I mean it, it, the people there I mean there's there's, there's, there's the one pro to fight somewhere else maybe yeah. I gain a few fans but if it ain't a big card yeah. what am I gonna how many how many people are gonna go out of their way and, and google me search me follow me on social media yeah. even if it was a couple of hundred what is that doing for me in the long run nothing yeah. but guess what that, that extra couple thousand dollars <laughs> difference that, I, that I'll make playing at home that makes a difference to me. We're talking about paying my bills and putting food on the table yeah, and, and, and reinvesting into myself to get me to the point that, I, that I'm at now. That, it's, just, it's just funny. You know? it's like, if I didn't fight local, you know, everybody would be like, oh, when, when are you going to fight home again? When are you going to fight home again? But when I do fight local, oh, you're just a local fighter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how that goes, man. You know yeah. how that goes. But I'm just going to keep doing my thing, man. I'm going to keep protecting my brand and building my brand the right way. I'm 23 years old, man. I have less than half the experience that a lot of these 
these guys have, that a lot of these prospects have that are in my position. I'm putting good money in my pocket. This is business, and uh, it's one that I that I understand that I do well. So I'm going to keep staying in my lane. I'm not going to make any moves based on other people's opinions. Yeah. That's not going to do nothing for me. Yeah, for sure. What advice would you give to younger kids trying to get into to boxing? Uh, don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, biggest one thing I like about boxing, uh, whether 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 you do something with it financially or not, the things that I've the doors that boxing has opened for me, not just because of the relationships that I've built, but because of the skills and like the values that it's instilled into me. You know, hard work, you know, discipline patience, you know, perseverance, things that, you know, things that I avoided in my life, you know, like I, I'm not, I've never touched a drug in my life, I don't drink, I don't smoke, and, and things that a lot of kids, you know, when they were younger might have dabbled in because they had no reason not to, you know, maybe, maybe I would have if I, if I didn't have boxing, you know, I walked away from a lot of things in, you know, high school where people start experimenting, because yeah. I was like, no, nah, like, I got I got a fighter, like, I got I got to be right physically, mentally, I can't alter anything. It just, it put me in a whole different mind space where, again, it just, not even just that, like, that's just one example, but even just, again, the, the being able to avoid anything, you know, being able to, you know, not go out on a Friday night because I have a fight on Saturday, yeah. you know, just being able to sac- you know, sacrifice, that's another one, being able to sacrifice, you know, something small for, you know, the greater good, and, yeah. you know, those are all, skills and, and, and values that I gained through boxing and then again the things that I've learned in boxing I mean the people the relationships that I built through boxing have put me in a place you know yeah, to me to make to make money and take care of myself and uh and my family advice uh to to, to the younger generation getting involved with boxing it's you gotta all or nothing all or nothing that's it you, you got it's got to be all or nothing because you can't. It's not a it's not a part time sport, and if you're not all in, you know you're not going to learn those lessons that I was saying. I learned I was all in. You know I, I didn't even know what I was going to do with boxing. You know, I didn't. I wasn't always the fastest guy, the strongest guy. I think you know for me, like Floyd actually says a lot is, is you might be faster than me, you might be stronger than me, but there's no one in this in this sport that's smarter than me. The mental side of this game. It's important, but if you're not all in, you're never going to really learn those values. Because again, yeah, if it's a part-time sport, you might you might miss those days in the gym to go do those other things that I was talking about. As far as the guys who are serious about the sport, the guys that are serious about the sport who are like really like they're they're in, that they're all in, and you know they got the, the physical side down. The mental side is this: is you want to learn in their life skills. Really, it's not even just boxing. Learning when I said the business, because business is it, business is all the same. Yeah. Doesn't matter what the business is, you just gotta learn the skills. You gotta learn, you know, how to how to communicate with people. Um, one of the books I read in high school is How to Win Friends with Others. So when you're trying to build relationships, you know, you want everybody to like you. You know, I remember in, in, even in the amateurs, I made sure like everybody liked me. I don't care what state I was in. You know, you shake, you know, shake everybody's hands. Make sure everybody likes you. Yeah. You never know when you're gonna need somebody. You never know. I was, I was one something I pride myself on is, is not burning bridges. Because yeah. you never know when you're going to have to cross that bridge again. For sure, yeah. So things like that, um, to me, are important, you know. It's not even just, like, talking about, like, karma. We'll go there and close around. But, like, I'm a true believer in, like, do good, get good. So just, you know, understanding life life skills and, and applying them in the sport is, is key. It's, it's key in everything. But 
for the young fighters getting involved in the game, definitely, definitely, you know, know that that boxing is is bigger than boxing. You know, it, it's more than just fighting. There's, there's a lot more that goes into it, and and that, that's why I've been real successful is because I don't think I'm the most talented or the most skillful or the strongest fighter in the game, but I will make money in this sport because of the things I bring to the table outside of fighting. Yeah, for sure. One more boxing question, then we'll get to some fun questions. What would you be doing if you weren't a pro boxer? Or what do you think you'd be doing? No idea, bro. I have no <laughs> idea. Actually, someone asked me this question the other day. I used to. I've said this a few times, actually. Maybe you'd be um, a YouTuber. <laughs> honestly, if I, were, if I were boxing and I was like in the same you know, mental space that I was you know, coming out of high school, I'd probably, be, I'd probably do something like that. I've always like envisioned having my own brand, like being my own commodity um and if it weren't for boxing i don't i wouldn't that's like i don't sing i don't dance i don't i don't really know where i would have went but the more i learn about this social media world where you don't really need to have a skill but you know you can build build a brand around yourself i probably would have done something in the social media world for sure and, and i'm trying to now yeah, um, sure. the more i learn about it it's, it's wild. a lot of money in it there's a lot of money in it but um funny story though is <laughs> um if you ask my father in high school, you know, what's he going to do after high school? He would tell everybody that I wanted to be, uh, like, a detective, <laughs> you know, or a cop. And and the reason being, though, is because I used to tell him, I was like, I want to be, I didn't know the name, I used to say, like, uh, a drug detective, a narcotics detective, yeah. is what it was. I used to say, but I used to say, like, you know, a cop who, you know, studies drugs and this and that. The reason why I used to say that is because um, I used to love the movies Bad Boys, yeah. Will Smith. And uh, I only love that movie because he had a Ferrari. Like you know, that, that scene where he like chases the tractor trailer truck, the yeah. car trailer uh, on the highway and stuff. I was like, in my head, I was like, that that's that's what a narcotic detective does. I'm like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> but I really only wanted to do that because he had a Ferrari. So that was really once I kind of learned that it was fake. I was I was out of the window. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was out the window. Sure. But um, yeah, no, I don't know, man. I, I've always had a uh, passion for business, probably because. Uh, I mean, no specific business. I just, I, I like building things. I like creating things. And um, I don't know what the business would have been. Something that's my own. Like I said, I just, I've always had a passion for having my own brand. Like making myself my own commodity. But building a business around it, whatever it may be. I like creating things. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's go to uh, some quick jabs. What's your favorite social media platform? Instagram. Favorite boxer? Instagram, for sure. Favorite boxer? Yeah. Floyd Mayweather. Favorite athlete? Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Favorite sport? Although, 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 it, it, it's funny though because I didn't even watch, I never watched much, bas- much basketball, but Michael Jordan, I just always had a thing for Michael Jordan. Just simply, I think because he was like known as the greatest, you know what I mean? Like, like he had that label as like the greatest and, and I couldn't even have told you why because I didn't follow like basketball. I, I don't yeah. think I've ever watched a, a game on YouTube or Michael Jordan. I might see like highlights and things like that. But it, I think I've always had the passion of like just being the best. You know what I mean? That's why yeah. I like, I think that's why obviously I love Floyd so much because like, you know, he ended up calling himself TBE and some people criticize him for it. But, and I don't criticize him for, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't glamorize Floyd because he is or isn't TBE. But his mindset is what I love. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I'm, I got the same mindset. Like, I'm going to be the greatest. Like, I'm going whatever it is I do, I'm going to make sure I'm the best at it. And that's always been my mindset. So, I think that's why I like Floyd. I mean, uh, I say Michael Jordan was in the 
it wasn't a running for that. I actually, I used to, when I, when I, when me and my father bought our first house after my mother passed away, we moved uh, to Smithfield where my grandparents and my aunt lived, so they helped take care of me, helped raise me when my, my mother passed away. My dad wouldn't let me get a dog. He said it was too much work. He's like, <laughs> they take too much maintenance, you know, whenever, I'm never home, this and that, you're not going to take care of it. So we bought two cats. Oh. And I named one of them, I named one of the cats Mikey and the other cat Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. But yeah, so we had a fetching with Michael Jordan, uh, not even, never, still to this day I don't want basketball, but I had like every pair of Jordans when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I guess then, uh, your your opinion would be uh, MJ over LeBron then? Uh, so, but, it, it, and I'll, I'll, again, being a, a, a numbers guy in a sense, you know, as far as knowledge and things like that go. As far as numbers go, you know, from what I read, I don't do too much research on it because I'm not, I'm not really a fan. But from what I've seen, it looks like LeBron's numbers are surpassing Michael's. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, I gotta. I'm also kind of like an underdog kind of guy, and yeah. like where people just want Michael Jordan to be like, you know, the greatest. I think it's like the same way with Floyd. Actually, like they're gonna appreciate LeBron after he's gone. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, more. Sure. Like, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like what Floyd says about himself. Like they'll appreciate me more when I'm gone. It's the same thing when they talk about like like Cassius Clay and Muhammad Ali. You know, he talked a lot of shit. You know, he, he he was a cocky guy, and there was people who criticized him for it when he was in when, when he was relevant. You know, when I, I don't say he's irrelevant, but when he was active. Yeah. And as time passed, you know, he he, he goes down as the greatest yeah, greatest boxer sure. to ever live. And uh, I think that'll happen. The same 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 thing like Floyd says will happen to him or will happen to LeBron. They appreciate you more when you're gone. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, and Muhammad Ali got recognized for his, for being an activist. Yeah, after, yeah Especially yeah, after exactly. he passed away, they were talking about it way more. Um, yep. Back to the quick jabs. What's your favorite food? Oh, I eat everything, bro. But uh, I'm Italian, man, so you name it. If it's pasta, if, it, if it's a carb, I like it. <laughs> oh, I got, no, I, got a, I got a better pasta, one. Pasta, pizza, wings, man. I'm just, I'm just Where, where's the, be- that, where's the best pizza spot? Best pizza spot? Have you had New York pizza or Connecticut pizza? I'll, I'll, yeah, well, here's, here's the thing. I, yeah, I can't say I've, like, had real, like, New York pizza. No, you got to come but, to Connecticut, uh, though. No, no, no. Screw New York. I got to come to Connecticut? Yeah. Screw New York? <laughs> yeah. Nah, we, got, nah, we got, like, you, the top. You got to show, show me around, though. Yeah, I got, I got you. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. You, pe- you never heard of Peppies? Nah. Peppies, Sally's. Oh, my. They, oh yeah. So actually, they just they just opened a Peppy's in Rhode Island. You're gonna have to go. They they uh, literally. It's on Monday. That's too good to be true. It's on Monday. Yeah, go. I I'll forgot check what. It out. I forgot out. what uh, town it's in. What about your favorite movie? Oh, it's Bad favorite Boys. Movie. I would have said Bad Boys. You know. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna go with Bad Boys. That's always been a favorite. <laughs> movie. I love I love a lot of movies, man. I'm a movie guy for sure. And I think they're rumored love... that they're making another one. I think it, I oh, just yeah, saw yeah, that. Yeah, I did hear about that. I did hear about that. I'm pretty pumped about that. What about uh, favorite singer, artist? The singer. Whatever you want to call them. Singer. Artist or singer? Are we talking like rapper or are we talking about like Which favorite are? artist? Drake. I guess he raps and sings, so we can just yeah, go with Drake. So there you go. <laughs> artist, singer, Drake. All right, so that's about wraps it up. Uh, is there anything else you want to say or shout I mean, out anybody? I just want to thank you. I definitely want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank everybody who supported me thus far definitely looking you know i'm doing a lot of things outside of boxing 
you might have seen the video I do with my uncle on YouTube. Yeah. It's called Bigger Than Boxing. And we didn't get too much into it because we're just kind of getting our, our feet wet. Yeah. But uh, my uncle, Alex Snow, he spent uh, 17 years uh, in prison um, for second-degree murder. And I got, you know, me, he's not with me. I mean, he's not literally my uncle. I mean, he's, he's a 300-pound, 6'5", black dude who... Obviously, ain't my cousin, <laughs> but but he's 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 family. He's more family than a lot of my blood family. Yeah. And uh, in, when he was in prison, you know, he obviously had a lot of time to think about the choices he's made in life. Um, he made a did, did a one eighty, did a one eighty, um, got a degree in there, um, did a lot of work with the kids. A lot of the schools come in, and you know, he t- did a lot of work with the youth, and uh, he carried that, you know. Outside of the, outside of those outside of that cage, um, we do we're doing it together. We're working together. We do a you know a youth um, outreach program. Um, him more than me because uh, I mean he's just his, his what he's been through his life experiences. Obviously, I, I can't even scratch the surface. Um, but why he likes having me part of the team is uh, he, he he doesn't like to tell people. You know, or he feels wrong for telling people to do things that he wasn't capable of doing. So he likes having me at the table because he's an example of somebody who made all the wrong choices, and he can definitely show you the result of that. But me, I'm an example of someone who's always made the right choices in my life, and I can I can show you the result of that. You know, being able to kind of be in a limelight, make money, and you know, just do good, get good, <laughs> do bad, get bad, get get bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one wants to spend more than. We don't want to spend any time behind bars, but let alone 17 years. You know, that's that's, that's pretty much my entire life, almost. You know, so so together, um, we're doing a lot of work with the kids. Um, you know, trying to obviously different areas. You know, we might talk about different things, but from 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 gun control to you know, or I'm sorry, not even gun control because that's a very touchy subject. Subject, but uh, speaking up if you see a gun, you know, things like that. Um, obviously drugs. Um, drug use, um, but even right down to choices around prom, you know what I mean? Every every level, because to me, just like business, when I say, you know, business is all the same, you just might have a different, you know, it might be a different type of uh, company, it might, maybe it's sports, maybe it's clothing, maybe it's whatever, um, but for me, when, when it comes to that type of stuff, I don't care, and when it comes to choices, I don't care if it's drugs, guns, gang violence, bullying, it, choices to me are all the same. It's just got a different face, just like in business. So we're really we, we're doing a lot of a lot of work with a lot of schools, and I'm excited to see where that can go. Because uh, that's that's something that I'm definitely passionate about. Like when you ask me what I've done for what boxing, I don't know. Um, and I say this to my uncle all the time because I don't I don't enjoy a lot of things. I don't even like boxing. Let a guy. It's a love hate relationship. You know, don't call me on that, but. There's not a lot of things that I enjoy, you know. Like, I have, I have a friend of mine, like, he goes shooting all the time. He loves going to the range. Like, I don't care. I've been to the range. I don't care about going shooting. I don't, I, I shoot basketball sometimes. I don't care about playing basketball. I don't, I don't go out. I don't drink. I don't, I don't like going out to bars and clubs. You know, I like picking up chicks. That's, 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 that's fun. I, I do like women. I do like women. But, but I can't really make a business of that. I mean, not, not, not a respectable one, at least. <laughs> but as far as, like, what I enjoy, I love giving back. I love doing for other people. things that, you know, the kids have tell me about whether, you know, how, how it's changed their life, things like that. 
I love I love being able to affect somebody else, like it changed their life for the better. Mm-hmm. So what I do with them, I'm definitely I'm super passionate about. And I'm super excited to see where it can go. Definitely keep your eye out for what we're going to be doing. You know, my uncle calls it. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, before I was involved, uh, instinctive choices. And it's just that that definitely hits home with me because I've just always had I feel like a moral compass. You know, it's, it's the choices I made were always instinctive. It was easy for me to to pick the right choice. Some people just they don't have that moral compass. You know what I mean? They they do things on impulse yeah. and they regret it later, but it's not clear to them when they're choosing it. For me, obviously, my nickname being A One, I was like A One choices. I picked uh, actually I didn't pick the name A One. Um, Floyd's uncle, uh, Gerald, he, he called me A1 with the A1 Anthony Marcella. I, was, I liked it because, I mean, what's A1? And when, when you talk about A1, and if you look up the definition, it, it, it says, uh, you, know, you know, great or well, uh, very well yeah. equipped to the highest standard, you know, um, was like the definition I saw. And I love that. So, like, making the, the, the greatest choice, and we want to talk about A1 choices, and that's why I like, I like the nickname for me as a fighter being, you know, equipped to the highest standard. A1 choices, instinctive choices, youth outreach, Anthony Marcella Jr., Alex Snow, we're looking to do great things. I'm looking to do great things in boxing. I'm excited to take PG Sports for the ride with me. Yeah, for sure. Maybe uh, we could hit up uh, A1 Sauce for a sponsorship. Yo, they need to hook it up, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to right? and have that. Okay. <laughs> uh, just got to keep on posting like you're using it on your stuff. That's facts. That's facts. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Cool, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.